It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zanstrom, and my co-host, Steven Russo. Never ever normal with this football team that's it's just unbelievable i i don't even know like really what to say bud how are you <laughs> i've been better it's a weird feeling right we woke up tuesday morning um probably felt it monday night right like the you were at the game so i can't i want to hear more about like what that was like but the excitement that it was really a roller coaster and you were you felt great about the win but then just, you knew the gut punch was just coming we already like we knew it. Once Salah gave the presser, and it, it was just—I don't know—we can't have nice things. And four <laughs> snaps. That's what I keep coming back to. That's like a sick practical joke. Like four snaps. That's all we got. The guy plays as long as he did. He played so many full seasons. Only two years where he played like nine and seven games, and he gets to MetLife with the Jets, and it's four snaps and done. And you're like, man, like I don't know what they have to do. Do we have to? kill Joe Namath and bury him under the 50 yard line to reverse the curse. And then find, maybe that's it. I love Joe, but geez, man, this guy has ruined my life. Let me be real. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm coming to terms with it. And I, again, like we were talking before the show, I still think obviously this is a good team. It's an improved team from last year. I'm not giving up hope on the season. It's one of those things you look at it and it's, it's two sides of, of the coin, right? You say, still a good team and we got a shot and we'll see what Zach does but man how good would it be to have Aaron with this talent oh yeah so yeah I'll tee it up to you man take it away like how was the game how was the experience at MetLife what are your thoughts how are you feeling um it was weird when it initially happened I didn't really feel anything I kind of was numb number one because when you're at the game you don't really hear what's going on you're and I was pretty high up because tickets were very expensive um I was just like of course like of course this happens and then like I remember like I saw him as soon as the play ended he started walking like a little weird and I was like oh that doesn't look good and then he sits down and then I'm like that is not good and I, I I had no idea what it was because I was too far to see and then he goes into the tent everyone's like watching go to the tent then everyone's like is he coming out like what's going on I'm like I'm like I'm hoping it's maybe just like he hurt his ankle a little bit they give him like a little like um, like a cortisone or something, and he's ready to go. And then I see the cart coming, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is not good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was the weirdest emotions I've ever had at a Jets game because um, it started out, like, the, first of all, the introductions and every all the players coming out and everything they did with, like, the light show was unbelievable. One of the coolest experiences I've ever seen at any sporting event. The crowd was crazy. Loudest I've ever been to um, since 2009, week two, home opener with Rex and Sanchez. You were there and at that I, game? I was at that game. This this game's up there with that, I got to say. But the one thing I really want to I really want to talk about is the last few years when I've got the Jets games, the biggest, the biggest issue I've had is it always felt like we were invaded by other teams' fan base, specifically Buffalo, because they've been to a couple of Bills games. 
Not this time. I mean, they definitely were there. I sat near a couple of Bills fans. But overall, it was – I would say it was like 85-15 Jets, which is like crazy because it's never been like that over the last decade or so. So kudos to everybody who came out. But, like, it was just such a weird game because, you know, you're like, how? Like, what's going to happen? Is he okay? I don't know. And obviously they couldn't score in the beginning. I mean, you had, like, the really nice Brees Hall run. But it just felt like, you know, it's Zach. It's it just – you didn't know really what, what was going to happen. And then the second half, they just really turned up. Like, the defense played okay in the first half. Like, I wouldn't say it was, like, great. But they held their own. They did what they needed to do. They held them. Um, but just it once the second half hit and they, you know, were forcing all these turnovers. Jordan Whitehead, what a guy. We heard about Tony Adams all season that this is – I mean, all offseason that this is, like, him. This is, like, the best safety ever. <laughs> Jordan Whitehead, the guy that we all hated, three interceptions. It's just, it's unbelievable how, how sports work. But um, when Brees had that long run, oh my God, the place was going crazy. I, I wish he scored. Garrett needs to make that block, but he made up for it with probably the greatest catch I've ever seen a Jets player make in my with my own two eyes in person. I mean, like worst throw ever by Zach. Like uh, no one's gonna share with that. Like. I know, I know Tyler Kirk sent us the view from his seats because he was sitting right there in the front in the lower section. The throw is so bad, but Garrett just makes a heroic catch. And then I was able to hear Joe Buck on the call, and it was unbelievable. And then obviously Unreal. they they get the stop in overtime, the doink, and I'm like, oh my God. As I'm seeing Gibson, like I saw, I'm like, he has a path to go. I don't think he can go all the way, but when they he'd scored that touchdown, the place erupted. They're playing New York Groove by Ace Freely. Everyone is going crazy, dude. It's it, it might be my favorite game I've ever been to. I, I, it's hard to say because like it was just such an emotional night. But I, I I just anyone who was there, they know exactly what I'm feeling right now or what I was feeling then. Yeah, I mean it was crazy from my house. Like it was it was <laughs> awesome. And, to go back, you know, to the Rogers injury, like you see it and then he gets up kind of slowly and you're like, oh, you're thinking. And then he looks to the sideline and you see him go like this and he shakes his head and you're like, oh, no, like what's happening here? And then he drops down and you're like, oh, man, this is even worse. And you watch him, like you said, you watch him go into the tent, you see the cart come out, like all that stuff, yeah. the boot, and you're still just hoping. And then the x-ray is negative and you're still hoping, OK, maybe it's just an ankle and it's not broken. And then the more I read about it as I'm following Twitter like an idiot. You know, the more you're like, listen, as soon as, as if you if it's an Achilles, you know it immediately. And I'm like, they know. And you, yeah, it just your heart just sank. And as Slippery Pete said, uh, actually, no, not maybe it's not Slippery Pete here. Yes, it was someone. Uh, he said that his heart sank into his ass. Yeah, I feel you here. <laughs> Slippery Pete 726. Um, yeah, when the blue tent and the, he was watching in the blue tent and then the cart came out and his heart sank to his ass. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I feel your pain. And that's exactly how I felt. But um for the team to respond the way that they did i mean the air could have been completely let out of the stadium and of the team of the locker room um but credit to you guys that were there credit to sala and Ulbrick and hackett for keeping it together because they completely turned it around and didn't let this define them or define this game and they pulled it out and they pulled it out in electric fashion and it was awesome and listen buffalo is nothing to scoff at they're a good team josh Allen's a top five quarterback on his worst day um, and the Jets made him look, you know, pedestrian and they forced him into four turnovers and honestly could have been six if you really think about it. Right. So it should have been five. The yeah. other when it comes to stuff with like blowing the whistle and, you know, it plays dead. It's different. Yeah. 
Wilson's got to catch that interception. It was literally right. Absolutely. Hand. Absolutely. So, I mean, to, to do that and to hold Buffalo to 16 points and to come back from a 10 point halftime lead with Zach Wilson, you know, at the helm, like that's, it's commendable. And let's see what happens as we turn the page to Dallas. And that's, that's all we can do. I mean, no one through the NFL, none of the, none of the other 31 teams are going to feel bad for us. It's, it's no. next man up and it that's sucks. Football. Yeah. It's football though. So you got to keep playing. No one's going to give up. This is a talented roster. I mean, we saw that, and that's that's how you feel. It's like this is as good of a team as as we've seen from 1 to 53, and they have to play like it because, you know, and the good thing is, listen, you got guys like AVT and Brees back this year, so let's see what they can do. Those are those are pieces that we didn't have last year. So, yeah. Got to go out and play I the games. Agreed. And look, no one – everyone is just like, like what, what can they accomplish this year? I mean – I don't know, but there were seven to ten last year, and obviously, you know, they lost Brees and AVT, and that's kind of when the season definitely changed because they, that security blanket that Zach had, you know, when he was not playing as well was, you know, both of them the ability to just get get hand Brees the ball and he could just take it to the house, and he showed that ability even though he didn't actually get to the house, but it's back, and like an they're going to clearly give him more work against Dallas this week, but. The one thing I, I want to say, and I and I feel like a lot of Jeff fans, I mean, I'm sure plenty are really sad, but we're used to this stuff. This team is really good. It's not it's not like Jets glasses, as we've said for the last two years. This team is legitimately a good football team. I understand that it's Zach Wilson, but it's not just one guy. Yes, he, they probably go as far as he takes them, or what if they make a move, which we'll talk about in a bit. They're like that defense is unbelievable. Like, I think it's better than those Rex defenses. I know it's one game, but it's just the disruption getting to the backfield every play. They had no running game. Even Josh Allen, who typically always had beat us with his legs, he couldn't do anything. And, like, they were forcing him to these bad throws. I know people were like, oh, Josh Allen lost in the game. I'm like, yeah, but the Jets defense made him play that way. It's not yeah. like he was just, like, he was forcing, and they were clearly creating problems for him. So it's like. I know it's it's hard to really be positive when literally the most catastrophic thing happened with this team. And it's like, when does it ever end with us? But the season's not over and everyone needs to understand that. And just because they have a huge downgraded quarterback doesn't mean that they can't compete. Doesn't mean that they can't be good teams. They did it last year. I mean, like they literally had him throwing what, like 15 to 18 times at, at points last year and they still were winning football games. So I just want everyone to understand that the season's not over and just enjoy the ride. There's 16 weeks and this team is good. And the one and they're going to keep getting better as the, as the season goes along. One and zero with a division win. First in the conference. Also, I first mean, time they've won a home opener since Sam's first year. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Or week one and home opener. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there we go. Like, you got to – I mean, there, there's still plenty to be excited about. It's an extreme kick – in the balls there's no question right but there's still things to be excited about there's still things to be positive about you know what i foresee is you know kind of shades of the 09 year where you're a yeah. run you're a run heavy team with a very good defense and you kind of protect the quarterback from himself now the big question is going to come down to can zach wilson take that like next little just baby step up can he be a guy that you know throws 20 to 24 times a game and gets you know around 200 yards and limits the turnovers that's going to be the difference here so yeah the next you know next topic up is what are you looking for from zach and, and that's it is just protecting the football being able to take um shots down the field when necessary and to not make that big mistake like that game 
uh, you know, on Monday night. That was a classic Zach Wilson game. You know what I mean? He throws for 140 yards, one touchdown, one pick, the stupid pick in the middle of the field. I mean, I don't know what he's seeing there. Matt Milano was right there. Why are you throwing the ball to the middle? Like, it's it's obvious, but the, this is classic Zach Wilson. So can he kind of shed those stupid mistakes and the, you know, running backwards 40 yards to come back oh to the sideline and throw it across his body? Like, those are the things that we have to eliminate from his game. But you got to, you know, it's it's tough to say because you're like you're, you're asking him for everything. But part of what made him uh, a high prospect and the number two overall pick was the ability to gunsling and the ability to throw downfield and the arm talent and all that. So you want to still see a little bit of that. But honestly, we just need him to play safe, quality football, be a mediocre mid-level quarterback. And that's going to be good enough to win you eight, nine, ten games with this roster. The one thing I will say is, and, and, you know, the question got asked on here by our boy Slip Repeat again, like, what's the contingency plan, right? Or I'm sorry, Alex said that. What's the contingency plan? That's what I'm looking for. Like, I wrote an article today, and I spoke about it on the solo pod. Like, this obviously reminds us of 99. The big mistake in 99 was that Parcells stayed too long with Rick Meyer before making the move to Ray Lucas. I think Salah's doing the right thing by sticking with Zach. I think they're showing him support. They're showing the confidence in him. That's what they should do. The kid's been in the system. He's learned it through the summer. Like, you have to give him the shot. But you also have to understand that the two-year history that we have on him suggests that it's going to turn towards the negative. At some point. At some point. You have to be ready with a quick hook to make a move, and Tim Boyle's not it. So go out and get a guy. Get Jacoby Brissett. Get a Gardner Minshew. Get a Colt McCoy. Get – Whoever else, Jameis Winston, like get somebody that you can move to if it does go south, because this team, this roster is too talented to waste on a project year from Zach. Yeah. And I'll say this. I think that they will make a move. I don't I actually thought they would probably do it by today or tomorrow. And I think it's changed based on the comments that Sal made. But the one thing as Jeff fans that we should really hold our heads up high about is Salah knows last year he, he benched him after the New England game. And then mm-hmm. basically the only reason he got his job back is because Mike White got hurt. And then he still benched him for the last game after the after the disaster in Jacksonville. So it's like I, I think that no matter what, like they're going to figure out a way to handle this, whether he plays it his way to keeping the job this year. They're going to get a veteran. Um, I know you named a couple guys. I really do think that it could be like a Colt McCoy. It could be um, – I forgot who the other guy was. I, the one guy who I would love, and maybe they could talk to them this weekend, is Cooper Rush from Dallas. Like, he went 4-1 and one last year, you know, filling in for an injured Dak. He won't do stupid things, so play safe. But, like, to me, like, the upside play would definitely be more of a Jameis Winston or Gardner Minshew. Jameis, to me, like, as frustrating as he is – He's going to like make plays like you saw in Tampa Bay when he was the full-time starter up until he left and he went to New Orleans. He's willing to give the playmakers the ball. And that's mm-hmm. key with Garrett Wilson. Like you want to keep him engaged. You don't want to run risk of the team just going full mutiny on him because yeah. he can't do what they need him to do. So to me, it's like, you've got to get someone who at least is going to like score touchdowns. Like Zach has to score touchdowns. That's the problem. I know he scored a touchdown obviously, but it was the worst throw ever. And he's got to continue that. He's got to like, at least get like two touchdowns. Like yeah. if not every game, every other game, we need points. Yeah. The, the, and I, I agree with you. I think honestly, for me, like the perfect acquisition would be a guy like Jacoby Brissett. I think he can play that safe yeah, ball while still, well. pu- while still pushing the ball down the field, or even a guy like Terrell Heineke, 
the problem is I like, love that. I'm a Heineke guy. Yeah, like, like <laughs> the problem is is that these guys are backups now on other teams. So what's the what's the motive for them to give up a there backup when because they could blink their eyes and then they're in the situation that we find ourselves in right now. So I really don't know what um the move is, but they have to make some move because Tim Boyle being the backup, isn't it? Like that can't be he's fine as a practice squad guy, fine as a third stringer, an emergency quarterback, but not taking meaningful snaps here. And Zach Wilson has had a problem staying healthy throughout his career, yep. right? So we there's got to be a move out there, but it's got to be one. It can't be a safe bet. It's like, you know, this is a guy that's just going to sit and, and be fine behind Zach. It's got to be a guy that can push for the starting job and can be ready to come in because we know that this could turn south. So I really, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the the Stafford talk, the the Cousins talk, I think that's really far-fetched. I mean, those teams, they believe Neither in themselves. Those are happening. That's not going to happen. But, and, you know, even, a, I mean, Colt McCoy, like, yeah, he's done it before, but that doesn't excite me. But I know, like, that's, if it excited you, they'd be on rosters and starting right now. So it, it's a really, it's a tough uh, question to answer, but I think it's got to be someone other than Tim Boyle. I think that's there's no question about that, and it, and it will be. I, it's just a matter of if it happens before this week, which I don't think it will be because it's really tough to get somebody ready at this point for Sunday. Yeah. I do think they'll probably make a move after the Dallas game. Um, but I think, and Alex in the comments wrote that he thinks week three is the pivot point based on what Joe was talking about on Badlands. I disagree. I think even if Zach had a poor show against New England, they're not going to have somebody ready to start the next game, especially Sunday Night Football against Kansas City. To me, the point is, how are they looking by the bye week? Because if you get somebody, I guess, next week, it's about a month until the bye week. So to me, that's the point where if Zach is not cutting it and, you know, let's just say you're two and four, you get one of those games, but it's, it's not going well. That's when you do it, because at least at that point, the person will at least been here for about a month and they've had enough time to like decently grasp the playbook, understand what's expected and really connect with the guys. But to me, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Like, I, I don't really see how they could do it. I mean, like, I guess they maybe would pull, you know, Zach in the middle of the game. But I don't see Tim Boyle becoming the starter. They have to get no. somebody else. Yeah. And what I can say with almost 100% confidence is that of any of these, like, middling mediocre quarterbacks that we're talking about kind of journeyman yeah this would without a doubt be the best situation that they've ever come into yep. with this roster this offense this defense this running game and clearly the special teams unit so like it's gonna be the best situation for anybody to be in and maybe just maybe that's exactly what zach wilson needs because like you said to kick it off right like we were five and two when Brees when Brees Hall was healthy with Zach Wilson at the helm. I mean, granted, I, Zach Wilson came in what Pittsburgh game? I forget. He was what was he as a starter? 
Um, um, well, actually, I heard I heard this earlier today from Jake Hasman. They never Zach didn't lose a start with Brees in the lineup. Correct. He, I, I think he was like four, <laughs> like three and zero, four and zero, whatever it was. He, it was Pittsburgh, Miami, uh, Green Bay, and yeah. Denver. Brees, and Brees go. got hurt in the Denver game, but still four and zero. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, let's chalk it up to that. But again, that doesn't mean that you just put all your stock in the Zach, put all your eggs in the Zach Wilson basket. No, absolutely say, not. You're ride or die. You still protect yourself. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But Joe Douglas has to have a move up his sleeve here. They need something. He's going to make a move. They understand that they need to make a move. To me, and I think it's definitely Aaron-driven why Zach ended up becoming the backup because they do have a relationship and they seem like they do, like, you know, have a bond. To me, like, you had, like, you're not expecting Aaron Rodgers to get to Harris Achilles the fourth play of his season. But you still have to brace for all scenarios as a general manager. And knowing what you know about Zach, the fact that you benched him for Chris Strebler on Thursday Night Football in the raid, should have been a good indication that maybe you should have someone else. You could have Zach as the third quarterback. But, look, I'm not the one running the show. You're expecting Aaron to be there. Yeah. If he misses a game or two, you're like, okay. But, like, we, we didn't expect this, nor did anyone. And it's, like, it's it's just crazy. Especially with this team, though. Like, Alex, three to four quarterbacks play for this team every year. Not always three to four, but at least two. Mm-hmm. I think – when do you think was the last – I think it was Fitz technically – but Gino, Gino, no, no, no. Gino came in in that Raiders game. An, an Fitz never game. missed the start. But yep. I guess it's Gino Smith week 2013. 20. That's crazy. A decade ago. Yeah. It's a decade ago. Rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> it's my boy. Um, Gino. <laughs> before we it's talk sad. more about it is sad. And he didn't look too good last week, but I think he'll bounce back. Um, before we uh, go into like just previewing the Dallas game, because you know we have to move move past this Aaron Rodgers stuff, I do want to cap Joe you know, just talking about his Instagram post from yesterday. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a I'm coming back, but it basically was I'm coming back. I mean, like the the Dark Knight quote was great, and yep. he he doesn't want to go out like this. He's too fierce of a competitor. I mean, like he I think he's gonna have a bigger chip on his shoulder because everyone's gonna be like, well, he's not gonna be able to rehab. He's not gonna be the same. Blah blah blah. It's like it's what you want. Do you like? I'm like pretty pretty certain he's coming back. How do you feel about it? Uh, I think he's coming back. I don't think anything about Aaron and what we've. And let me back it up a bit and just vent some more. Like it just this injury just it feels like it erased the last five months. Like I woke up from open heart surgery and I asked my wife, "Did we get Aaron Rodgers?" I remember. Like, no, not not yet, not yet. And then it was uh, six weeks later, and we finally like he comes on the Pat McAfee show. And then the trade finally happens. And then we go to camp and it's electric and everything. And he's talking about how he's got to pinch himself because he feels like he's in a dream and everything is just, everything just went so good and you get four snaps out of him. So no, he's not going out like this. He's not, he's not that type of person. And the comments, the the Instagram posts from him, the comments today from Hackett, he's not going to let this be his last hurrah. He invested too much in coming to the jets in making this work in giving back the money so they can make the moves to, to make a run. Like he's got too much invested and I got, I have to take him at his word. Like he's, he's, he's not going to let this be the last that we see of him. He's going to come back with a vengeance next year. Um, There's no question in my mind. And that quote at the end of his Instagram post, I think I'm going to get it tatted across my lower back. (laughs) I saw that. A little, little a little tramp stamp for Aaron. <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, I I think I and even beyond that, before he actually put that post out, you had Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk saying, "I can't yeah. see him retiring." 
they know some things. Like they know. He probably yeah. said, "Don't say I know for a fact," but they know some things. Kyle Brand, yeah. same thing. It's just, and the fact that both Sal and Hackett were saying that, I think he just is like, I, you know, I gotta obviously go through this. Expect me back, but I'm, I like want to say it on my terms. And yeah. you know, I'm sure I'll be around the team, which would be awesome for Zach because I do think it'll help Zach with the mental side because so much of Zach's issues from his first two seasons, mental. He just yeah. was hold, thinking too much, holding the ball too long. Just let it rip. Don't think. Execute the offense. It's he's got it's all literally. the tools. He can make every throw. It's, it's crazy. The, yeah, it's the mental part. Exactly. And that, that's such an underrated aspect of playing quarterback that people don't forget. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of guys who are big, strong, have you know, athletic, and make good make all the throws, like Jamarcus Russell. But mm. the, if you don't put in the work, which Zach does put in the work, I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. But it's just understanding. It's like it's it's like he's got stage fright essentially because mm-hmm. he's think he's overthinking. But um. I do want to move into this game, and I want to talk about X factors about the Jets and the Cowboys. So let's start with the Cowboys. What do you think the biggest X factor is for the Cowboys? Because we do know Brandon Cooks might not play. I know Zach Martin was added to the injury report, but I, I would expect him to play because he practiced, and it was just today he was added. And then, obviously, they have an injury with Tyler Smith. Our old friend Chuma Adoba is actually starting, which is hilarious. But what would you say is their biggest X factor for this game? Um, it's still it's the obvious. It's Micah Parsons. Like that guy is as good of an edge rusher as we've ever seen, you know, maybe since like LT, um, which is crazy to say, but seeing what we saw in pass protection on Monday night from the jets. I mean, if I were the Cowboys, like I would line Michael Parsons up on the right side against Dwayne Brown all game long. Well, Well, yeah, yeah, their right side, our left side. Yes. And I would attack it. And that's what I would do. Um, But so that is clearly the X factor for me is Micah Parsons and blocking him. Like he is insane as an edge rusher. So the Jets keying on stopping him, whatever they have to do to block him and keep him off of Zach Wilson, they have to do it. Um, That's going to be, that's going to be the biggest determination in the Jets having success on offense or not. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I actually think it's their run defense because their run defense is low-key, not as strong as people think. Yeah, I, I'm just they, saying, like, their pass rush and their secondary yeah. are good, but their run defense gave is up, strong. They gave up a lot of yards in a 40 to nothing win. I know. Like, that so was, That's kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, so they need to be more, you know, efficient in that area, and they need to understand that, like, they don't have the depth the Jets do, and they obviously send more edge rushers versus, you know, letting them win their matchups. So I think if the Jets could run the ball effectively like they did in those grounded pound years, I think that could be a huge thing. But if like they're stopping the run, we're in we're in deep trouble just because then you're making Zach beat you and making Zach beat you has not worked well for us. So I think if they're able to stop the run, it's going to be a really tough day for us. What would you say, though, is the biggest X factor on the Jets side of the ball? I'll have to go obvious again here. I think it's Brees Hall. I think if Brees Hall can come out and have a game similar to what he did on hopefully more carries as he kind of builds up. I mean, he showed he was ready to rock on Monday night, 10 months after an ACL tear. Like, that's insane. So if the running game can get going, that is carried by Brees Hall. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook, you know, coming in behind him. But if Brees Hall can get going and the run game can be solid, that just opens more things up for Zach Wilson. That's ball control on the Jets side that enables the defense to get rest. They can attack Dak Prescott, like all this stuff. If you can control the run game, if you control the ball and get Brees going, he's absolutely the biggest X factor for them. And he's going to be the key to winning this game. And if he can get in the end zone, that's even better, obviously. Yeah. To me, it's actually Quincy Williams. 
who we didn't really talk about earlier in the show. That guy was all over the field, and we need him to do that just to get – like we need him to be that presence across the middle of the field because C.J. Mosley is definitely getting older. I I do think that there's, you know, probably some decline that's headed his way. And it's, you know, he's been a great Jet. He had the greatest quarter ever – greatest three quarters ever in 2019 before. We barely didn't see him until 2021. But to me, I want to see how Quincy does, again, against, you know, a pretty good offense – I would say, though, like they obviously have CD, they have Tony Pollard, they have Dak. They don't really have an established tight end. I know Jake Ferguson had like a solid mm-hmm. game against the Giants, but he's not like he's not Jason Witten in his prime. Uh, Cooks is older, but he also may not play. Gallup's OK. It's really <clears throat> a couple weapons. It's not like, you know, one of those teams that has weapons all over here, like it's Cincinnati. So I'm just curious to see how they do. But another X factor is actually Hackett. I think Hackett, just the way he game plans, it's going to be interesting because We've never seen him develop a full game plan in a regular season game for Zach. We've only seen him obviously do it for Rodgers, for Blake Bortles. We've seen it um, for Kyle Wharton in Buffalo. I just hope that he's able to scheme up the way he did with Bortles in 2017 when they went to the AFC Championship game, almost to the Super Bowl, because he was just doing the things that were easy. And Zach showed on Monday night at the very least that he was actually hitting the screens and those little gimmies that he couldn't hit his first two years. So, that was a sign of progress from him that I do want to give him some credit for. But, yeah, I'm curious how Nate, you know, schemes up this game. I agree. I think a big uh, takeaway from Monday night, and I think a monkey wrench got thrown into their plans once Aaron Rodgers got hurt, obviously, four plays in. But Miko Hardman had no snaps on offense. So yep. he's a great speedster gadget guy. Like, can you force feed him a couple of touches? Can you get him going on some jet sweeps? Garrett Wilson, with another year under his belt, is better this year. Like, how do you get creative to get him touches? You got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook now in your backfield. Like, those are playmakers. You got Jeremy Rucker, who's got a year under his belt, who's also a great blocker. Like, there's there's playmakers here. I think Lazard is an obvious upgrade at wide receiver, too. So, like, find ways to get creative to get your playmakers the ball. Get the ball in their hands and let's see what they can do. I mean, you're going to have to do it. With Zach Wilson, you're not just going to be able to drop Zach Wilson back 30 times and and let it fall on his shoulders to just go out and throw the ball and win the game for you. Like you got to be a little bit creative. Not you know not to the extent I think we're used to like Mike Lafleur having to be so you know quote unquote gadgety in the red zone, yeah. but you do have to find a way to catch the defense on you know on their on their heels a little bit and throw them off a little bit and see what you can do to get you know a little frisky with the ball and figure things out to. Get creative to get, you know, the ball in the playmaker's hands. Get Miko Harbin some touches, man. Get him a yes. jet sweep. Like, see, just see what happens. Like, you have to. You have to be able to be a little bit different. You're not going to be vanilla on offense and win this game. Now that Aaron's not playing, can he just make take all the snaps that Cobb gets? Like, to me, there's no excuse. Like, Cobb yeah. is exclusively an Aaron signing, and he has the comfort with him. There's no reason that Harbin shouldn't be playing. We need that speed. We need that dynamic element, like you said. Yeah. And Cobb, like, you know, I'm sure he's reliable and making clutch catches, especially on third down. That's, but yeah. We need a game changer, and mm-hmm. he's not going to be it, unfortunately. And I, I mean, I said that with all due respect. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about really quickly before we do our predictions for the game is how mad is Dalvin Cook? <laughs> I mean, he, $7 million is nothing to be mad about, but. he's just he even said he's like i just want to take one snap from the goat that was it and he didn't even get that poor guy (laughs) so funny all right predictions for the game what's happening on sunday at 425 when jim nance and tony romo are calling the game oh man i um i'm gonna 
I'm going to stay positive. And I, I just, I, I got, I just have a weird feeling. I feel I'm, I'm very, how should I say it? I'm very encouraged at the way that this team was able to rally despite what happened. Like we've watched that Jets game a million times before and, and yeah. every other Jets team folds in that position every other time. And, yep. and this team didn't, and they, they stood their ground and they fought back and they pulled out a win against a really good Buffalo team. Um, I, I think honestly, I mean, I think Buffalo is a better team than Dallas. Um, I really do. I just think the jets are going to somehow gut this out. And I think that they, they keep it rolling. And I think that Brees and Dalvin get going. I think that's really the key there. You mentioned it is Dallas. Dallas's run defense. Isn't that great? I think Zach makes enough plays. I think you see him throw for like a buck 80, maybe one touchdown, but Brees and Dalvin get rolling a little bit. I think uh, it's going to be another low-scoring game. I think the Jets win 20-16. to 16. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to be as positive hey. because I don't think they're going to win. Clear divide but in the show, Stephen. Clear we, divide in the show. Look, we can't just say the Jets are going to win every week. And we <laughs> we ha- we both said they would win last week. Um, but I do think that they're going to play really hard. It's going to be competitive. They're not going to get you know their doors blown off the way the Giants did, even though the obviously there's limitations at quarterback. This team is too good. Defense is too good. I think it's going like going to be like you said a low scoring game. I think it's going to probably end up being like 24-14, but it's you know it's uh, 17-14 going into the fourth quarter, and then they you know they get that icing on the cake touchdown to make sure that they don't lose the game. Maybe it's a Zach turnover. Maybe it's just a a miscommunication in the secondary that CD scores. But I do think Dallas wins jets. I unfortunately do not cover the number because I think, I think right now it's at nine. It's it's fluctuating between nine and 10, but I can see a scenario where they cover, but I I do think they end up losing by a 24, 14. All right. Listen, taking a turn I'm trying to be pragmatic. It's okay, you're being realistic. I get it. But I, I do think it's going to be there. This is not going to be one of those games where you can turn it off in the first quarter. Remember, we used to always say, like, yeah. can the game not be over by one thing on yeah. Sunday? I think yeah. you're going to, you're like, they're going to show signs of life. And I agree with you. Like, on Monday, I've seen that game so many times. Like, mm-hmm. I think when Trevor Simeon was starting on Monday Night Football against the Browns, he gets hurt and it's Luke talk and lifeless. literally lifeless like mm-hmm. this team won't be lifeless they're they're too good they're too well coached and i i do want to give Salah some credit because i think that was the best game he's ever coached since he's yeah. been here just because think about the circumstances keeping those guys their heads up high and everything like that and you got to give it another shout out to xavier gibson who was not only the uh rookie of the week he was also the afc special teams player of the week so good for him man it's like the coolest story just thinking about like the last episode of hard knocks when he makes the team and it's literally like that stuff is like literally like a storybook ending. It's like the mm-hmm. coolest thing ever. The guy scores the game-winning touchdown in his NFL debut. So, Brax just... would have fair caught it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Brax the Miami game, and I'm like, "What a traitor!" I'm I so know. Mad. I know he's from Miami. It yeah. kind of made sense, but it was I fun while had... it lasted. Until yeah. he, until he dropped that pass against Minnesota, then every Jets fan just started hating him. <laughs> Yeah. Like, screw you, dude. You do, I, you you know I, I think about it with him sometimes. It's like the 2021 team was just not good, and he yeah. actually was just like a spark. So we all yep. kind of just like gravitate towards him. We've seen that so many times. The guy who's really not that good, but because yeah. the team is not great and they've shown some flashes, you you're him. like, exactly. Like it's mm-hmm. happened. I'm trying to. He's our savior. 
Braxton Berrios, give him all the money. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever he wants, just keep him here. <laughs> well, I, I kind of worried he'd go back to New England, and I didn't want that. Yeah. But it, being in Miami is just it's annoying. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts before we uh, just give everyone the reminders as we do every episode? Uh, no, I mean, I think, yes, I, I think uh, obviously we're all coming to terms with this. I was in a, a deep, deep state of depression on, on Tuesday. We all were. I have since broken out of my shell a little bit. I've come to accept <laughs> it. Um, you know, I think we got to still, it's, this is a very good team. It's a very talented roster. I think there's going to be a lot of good and fun things that happen this year. I don't, you know, it may not be the 12 and five that I predicted or the 13 and four that we were hoping for or whatever. It may not be a division winner, but they're going to make some noise. And I, you know, shades of 99, I mean, that, that team in 99, it was eerily similar to that. And I'll tell you that Ray Lucas led team down the stretch was six and two, and nobody wanted to play them. Like nobody did. So if the Jets can just get that momentum this year before it's too late, it's it's going to be a fun year. And if they gel together and if Zach Wilson can show some improvement. So I think there's some fun things to come. I think we obviously, Steven, you and I, uh, TOJ Live, Badlands, we've got a lot of cool things that are happening. We're both writing weekly articles. I did the solo pod earlier this week. We're going to continue to pump out content. So we appreciate you guys. And Slip Repeat 726 is my new favorite fan, man. This guy's awesome. <laughs> Mike, Michael Floor allegedly cock-blocked us from signing Brett Rippon. Yes, I, I saw I didn't see that today. They, but... they, they showed interest, and they, they elevated him from the practice squad. So <laughs> It's just so funny. The Jets have a weird connection to Brett Rippon. He ruined – he ended the Sam Darnold there. He started against us last year in one game that Russ got injured, and now yeah. we tried to get him. It's it's such ah, a weird it's thing. How this guy has a weird connection to the Jets. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny. Um, really quickly, oh, I forgot to actually do this earlier. We should do updated record predictions of the season. I said eleven and six. I think did you say twelve and five? I did say twelve and five. What do you think now? Ten and seven. Okay, I think nine and eight. So I still think they have a winning season. I think that they're in the hunt for a wild card spot. Don't think they could win the division. I know that a lot of people thought they could with Rodgers, and I definitely didn't think it was out of the question. But I do think uh, they, they do have a winning season, and they're really a tough out for everybody all season. Listen, man, uh, it, the, the NFL consistently changes, and it's changed to be a quarterback-driven league. But yep. still, even as recent as the Hackett-led Blake Bortles, get to the dance, and crazy things can happen. It never can you happen. Never know. You just like know. just like Rogers got hurt, another yeah. quarterback could get hurt. Just, like you, it, and in any point, it's or just, any player, it's just it's crazy. But just uh, get to the dance. We made a run with yeah. Mark Sanchez and you know two years back to back. Like we can, Good. it can happen again. So just get yourself <laughs> to the playoffs. Get yourself to playing football in January, and that's it. Yep. Reminder, real quick: subscribe to the show on YouTube, www.youtube.com slash at Badlands TOJ. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate anyone who subscribes, who you know, comments, who reviews. It's it really helps comes a long way. And also just congratulations to Justin on winning his Quinn and Williams jersey. It has shipped. Hope you enjoy that. And we'll probably do another one next year. Appreciate everybody who tuned in, and we'll talk to you guys next week.